So I'd now like to invite uh, Mike Rode to the stage. We're going to have another um, quick conversation to sort of dig into zero trust, in particular, something that's been alluded to at different points today of how to, you know, how to build on the investments and the tools that are already there. And, and so the focus is about how to not start from zero on zero trust. So Mike, how are you? So thank you for being here today. And, um, and Mike Rode, I should say, is the Deputy Chief Information Security Officer uh, for Federal uh, for ServiceNow. And, um, and so obviously you've been thinking about the Zero Trust Challenge uh, on any number of levels longer than, uh, longer than most. Um, and can we sort of start with a baseline? You know, we've talked about the different guidance that's been issued here over the last uh, year, year and a half. Um, how does, um, you know, how does the cyber order and, um, and M2209 uh, line up with your general understanding or definition of zero trust? Yeah, well, thank you, Troy. So yeah, zero trust to me when I first started hearing about it years ago was really this nebulous term, right? It, it was cloud services way back 15, 20 years ago. What is the cloud? Is this up in the air? Where, where's my data going? I felt that way a bit about zero trust as well. Then started kind of digging into it a little bit more, uh, you know, reading more and more guidance and understanding about it. I thought there were some great analogies here earlier today, uh, you know, specifically the one about getting access into a skiff. And if you're trusted to get into the skiff, well, you're trusted to go everywhere else within that particular skiff. And in reality, no, we need additional protections. We need, we need those additional gates across your devices, across your networks, and ultimately where your data resides. And so Zero Trust really started hitting home with me a little bit more. Um, you know, I think there have been some efforts that have done previously, things like the CDM program, that have built some foundations for, for implementing Zero Trust. But ultimately, it's going to be a journey. I don't think there's, a, there's definitely not a silver bullet out there today. And anyone that does tell you that they've got a tool that can solve your Zero Trust problems, run as quickly as you can, because there's not one out there. But it's really going to be more of a combination of tools, combination of new technologies and processes that evolve over time. And do you think the, uh, you know, the guidance that's out there is evolving uh, accordingly? Because I lumped it all together, but we've gone from sort of general statements of we should explore this to, um, uh, you know, to um, sort of reference guides that have been put out uh, by CISA and by OMB, and now to very specific uh, implementation plan requirements for, for agencies. Do you, feel like, do you feel like what's being required is, is appropriate to, to get agencies to where they need to be? It is definitely going in the right direction. Um, you know, I, like, like I said, we talked about Zero Trust a couple years ago. It's a concept. Um, now, you know, CISA just showed some very specific guidance and, and details of what, what the objectives are and trying to, what you're trying to achieve through Zero Trust. And I think between the government, and, and the government, frankly, has been, a, been a, really a thought leader in this space, and a lot of times us in industry are looking at government, you know, when we're protecting our corporate networks and understanding what we need to do, we're looking at the government for some of the, the latest and greatest uh, guidance and, 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 and capabilities that we should be looking at ourselves. And one of the previous industry speakers today uh, talked about how conversations have been changing with, with customers over the last uh, several months. Are you seeing a shift in uh, in, in what federal organizations are coming to you uh, for with regard to zero trust? 
Yeah, a year ago it was, uh, Mike, what can, what can you do to solve my zero trust problem? And can ServiceNow take, take care of that for me? And while there's lots of things that we can do from an automation and orchestration perspective, no, there, there isn't that silver bullet. But, you know, again, with the, with the more detailed guidance that's been coming out, agencies are getting smarter on this. You know, the requirements to build out specific plans for their agencies on, on what, their, what, their, what their overall plan is going to be to implement Zero Trust, I've absolutely seen uh, the agencies getting smarter and smarter on this. And uh, what sort of building blocks are already there? And I mean, you can sort of take a, um, you know, talk to particular tools or services that you or others offer, um, uh, but also in the sense of existing federal uh, security programs. Like where, for agencies that are looking to leverage existing investments, what do you need to make sure is sort of part of your zero trust portfolio? Sure. Well, I think CDM was a great, is a great building block. For, for what agencies can leverage um, from a pre-existing you know, acquisition and tools that you have in place. Um, I think there were some challenges initially with CDM, specifically around the idea of, hey, we're going to buy lots of tools. We're going to buy licensing for endpoint protection, DLP, for uh, vulnerability management. And what I think a, a major lesson learned there was you can have all the tools uh, that money can buy, but if one, the tools aren't integrated together, if there's no communication across tools, then those tools are going to be very limited in what they can do. And that's one of, one of the areas that we've been pretty successful in on the CDM side is, you know, a lot of uh, federal agencies have leveraged CDM to acquire, you know, our ServiceNow platform to orchestrate and integrate these different tools. Uh, we integrate with all of all of the major security tools that are out there into a single, you know, single pane of glass where you can, you can create workflows where your vulnerability management systems, your, your vulnerability scanners will pop a, a, a critical vulnerability. And in the past it was, you got to go figure out, okay, who owns that device? Who do I need to contact to, to get a fix in place, to get a patch in place? Whereas if you've got that integrated tool, once your vulnerability scanner identifies it, You've got, you can kick off a workflow to get the team ready to, to install, test, implement a patch. Now, I know when, when CDM was first kind of uh, you know, coming, into, uh, coming to real fruition, there was the challenge of, well, we've got to, you know, we now have to do the CDM stuff. We already have our own security tools over here, and agencies had to learn to you know, figure out how to not have kind of you know, two solutions running in parallel and figure out how to integrate that. Are there similar um, challenges now with CDM and these zero trust efforts? Are there are there risks of of having you know dueling solutions? I do think so. Um, you know, I mean, there's not going to call anyone on stage, but there's many of us here that have talked today about about tools, and and a lot of our tools do integrate and work together. But there's a lot of products out there, and and each of the products has a different niche to it. And I think it's really going to be imperative for the agencies to really do the research and understanding on what the different tools can do for you, what challenge they can solve. Um, don't let your vendor tell you, this is the challenge you can solve, or this is what I do, this is what, what, what we do. Really, really communicate what your, what your problem statement is and what you're trying to achieve, and then you can really find the right tools that are going to work and that are going to integrate together. And um, 
What about the, um, uh, you know, sort of going back to the guidance uh, questions, the, I don't, I don't know how deeply you've uh, dove into, into 2209, but the, of the, the sort of revisions that it, it, OMB has asked agencies to make in their implementation plans, I'm wondering if there's an area that you think uh, you're especially happy to see of, uh, you know, a, a, a focus on a specific area or a call for more detail there. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, I think a, a, some additional detail. Um, you know, as, as I stated, the guidance has gotten better for sure. Um, but if you're if if you're an agency CIO, you're you're a CISO, and you haven't been diving into the space for several years, it's it's a big challenge. And and the the timelines that are out there, um, people don't understand that this is this is not meant to be. This needs to be up and running within this fiscal year. Uh, this is this is a journey, and this is going to be um, a lot a lot of hits and misses. Um, you know, we're not going to have a, a perfect zero trust program. I would say within the, the next twelve to eighteen months, there's going to be some very good and very effective pieces to zero trust. But I think the 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 call and the ask for more more detailed guidance. Is, is good, it's helpful, and, and frankly, I'm looking at it from our internal corporate side and how we implement this. Um, we've got our own corporate network and we've got our network where our, our customer data resides, but you know, we've got to look at this and we're looking to the government for some guidance on it as well. Yeah. And you, uh, you, know, you mentioned that agency are asking smarter questions, it's no longer, hey, can you, you, know, can you give me zero trust in a box? Uh, but as they're they're coming to to your organization, what are the you know what are the sticking points? What are, what specifically are they looking uh, to you and your team to help them solve with zero trust? So for us, it's really around the workflows and and really around you know ServiceNow is not going to come out there and and solve your endpoint protection. Not we're not an identity access management solution. We're that's that's not what we do. However, where there's, where there's a workflow where they can automate something that was previously manual or that is currently manual, um, that's really where, you know, our discussions go. And, you know, most of the requests are around, how can you make me more efficient with knowing that I've got less resources, uh, less bandwidth, I've got more products and tools, but how can you help me optimize what, um, what I'm implementing and how, I'm, how I can get there? And uh, you know, you mentioned automation, which is one of the the kind of key uh, cross pillar functions in the CISA model. Um, uh, we'll come back again later to how many pillars there should actually be in these in these models. But uh, um, but how you know how should agencies approach the automation piece of zero trust? Yeah, I think I think really you got to look at what you have in place today and and start attempting to automate anything you possibly can at this time. Um, it's not a scenario where, hey, let me get all of my, my tools, my products in place, my processes in place, then let me start thinking about automating everything. It's, it's take a piecemeal. You know, uh, like I mentioned, the vulnerability management process. If you can, if you can automate the, the area of once you've identified a vulnerability to actual implementing a fix, if you can automate that to reduce the time that it takes to get that addressed, then do it today. That's going to that's gonna help you from a zero trust perspective. That's going to help you from a security posture perspective today. Um, so, you know, the way, the way I look at it is, is whatever, you've, whatever you've got in place today, look at ways where you can 
make some automation efforts because then maybe you save on resources and you can spend those resources in other areas that require more manual intervention. And, you know, when you see organizations pushing for automation, is the, is the bottleneck um, not having the right automation tools or not having the data and processes there and ready to automate? Both. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think a lot of times the tools are there. Uh, you, you've got the tools. It's just not necessarily realizing that there are, there are ways to integrate these tools um, pretty effectively. But, you know, another key area, though, is, is we kind of get stuck in this mindset of this is how we've done things. This is what we do. Um, this is how we handle POEM reporting. This is how we handle um, risk assessments. And sometimes it's, it's, it's a good idea to take a step back and take the holistic approach of looking at, hey, where, where are there steps in my process where I don't need a manual decision or a manual intervention point? And, and really look through, define those processes, define the data flows um, within your organization, and that's really going to help lend itself to, to, to being able to automate more quickly. Very good. And... You know, this has come up over and over again. This is a process. When you said 12 to 18 months, I, at first I thought you were going to say, I don't think we'll be there in 12 to 18 years. And I, <laughs> so, uh, but the, uh, you know, top to bottom, people have talked about this is going to be a, a marathon. And, um, and automation isn't the only thing that agencies need to be um, focused on. As they're looking to you know, leverage the tools they have, get the data in place, what are the other kind of core building blocks that you're urging your customers to focus on? Yeah, and this has been mentioned a couple times uh, during the sessions today. One is, you know, how are you going to protect what you don't know you need to protect? So, you know, get an accurate inventory. Understand where your data is going. Um, document your data flows. Really get a, a good grasp on what you need to protect. And then at that point, you can make some, some better sound decisions on the types of tools you need, types of processes you need, um, you know, and that that's really, really a, a critical aspect to it. And <clears throat> with that uh, that inventory, that also kind of takes us to other, you know, other acronyms and buzzwords uh, of the moment of of, of CSCRIM and and the push for CMMC and to bring like better, you know, better supply chain management. As is there a way to sort of you know get that bird with the same stone as well? Or, or am, I, am I conflating too much? There is. I mean, I think, I think especially, you know, very familiar with the CMMC uh, process and, and looking at vendors that have gone through a validation process. Um, you know, I don't think it's, again, I keep saying silver bullet. I don't think CMMC is a silver bullet on the vendors that you use or the software providers that you're going to use. But... It's another validation point for you as an agency that I, I, can, tr I, can, I can treat this, this provider as more trustworthy or this software as more trustworthy. It doesn't take away your, your ultimate responsibility to, to, to really understand what your risks are and what the risks are to the data that you're putting in these environments or putting in the software. But I think those, uh, those frameworks, those certifications are, are definitely things that agencies need to consider when making software purchases, for sure. And um, in terms of what agencies are working on now, you, know, you talked about some of the things you thought were good in the, in the guidance. Is there, 
you know, is there any part of the zero trust journey that you wish was getting more emphasis uh, right now, whether from individual agencies or from the, um, you know, the OMBs and CISs of the world? I think uh, focusing on the data is a big thing because that's ultimately the, the end game here. Um, it's not, hey, who can access this network or who can access this application? If the data is not sensitive, I don't care who accesses that data. So it's really you know, getting a grasp on what type of data you're storing in your systems, what type of data you're sending outside of your environment to, to other agencies or, or to cloud providers and the like. Really understand what the sensitivity of that data is and then that will help you with determining what level of protections you want to put in place. Because the protections are going to be different. It's publicly facing information that I'm storing in my internal systems. I'm not that concerned. If it's, if it's privacy data, if it's medical data, if it's wartime data, that's where I'm really going to, going to want to spend and put my, you know, put my true focus in. There are, there are follow-up questions I could ask there, but that would take us to a whole different <laughs> workshop, so I'm going to leave it there. But, uh, but Mike, thanks very much for being part of today's uh, discussion. I appreciate the conversation. Welcome. Thank you, Troy.